I'm Mike Schaefer with Schaefer Farms in St. Hedwig, Texas. You listen to the latest news on Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we have a very large hemp processing facility ready to go online right here in Texas. We'll tell you more about it coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. It's been a tough year for row crop farmers when it comes to commodity prices. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll get some thoughts from a Texas Panhandle economist. What are the strong signals for an El Nino to continue developing in Texas? I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have the weather outlook from a meteorologist with BAM Weather on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan in beautiful East Texas, whatever the weather, we need some rain. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The largest hemp processing facility in the Western Hemisphere will begin operations in the first quarter of 2024 in Wichita Falls. The Panda High Plains Hemp Gen has faced a lot of hurdles, but Panda CEO Scott Evans says it's now ready to roll. Yeah, we're located in Wichita Falls, Texas. We have a half million square foot facility on a 97 acre campus. We've been developing that for a few years now, and we are in the commissioning process now. So we're running all the equipment, checking everything out, balancing our airflows, and and getting ready to introduce product into it in uh, quarter one of next year. And this plant has a 10 ton per hour capacity. So it is a very large processing plant when you look at the industrial hemp space as a whole. So why Wichita Falls, Texas? You know, we really like the city. We like the facility. And most importantly, we like the agriculture in that region. We're six miles from the Oklahoma border there. We can tie into a couple different microclimates, and this is a crop grown for fiber. They know cotton out there in that region. They're familiar with that, and they grow a lot of wheat and hay and, and so on, and growing industrial hemp is very similar to that. Now that the hemp gen is ready to begin operation, hemp growers are needed to supply it. Evans says the company is launching a pay-to-grow program that provides seed, agronomy support, and guaranteed money. We are providing verified seed. We've been working with different genetics for about four years now and have honed in on, on one that works really well in our region and for our process. So we provide that seed to the farmer at no, no cost to them. 
And then we also have guaranteed payments after planting, after harvest, and then a per pound rate once we receive that material. So given this is a, a relatively new crop in the region, we have de-risked it for the producer and have uh, taken on that burden and, and we're getting really good traction there. Panda plans to buy hemp from a 250-mile radius of Wichita Falls. If there's anybody interested in being a producer for Panda, we'd encourage them to check out our website at www.pandabiotech.com. You can click on the Grower Inquiries tab and submit some information there. That's Scott Evans, CEO of Panda Biotech, owner of the Panda High Plains Hemp Gin in Wichita Falls. It has been a tough year for crop prices. James Hunt tells us that's especially true compared to the 2022 crop year. Over the next several days, we'll be hearing from Dee Dee Jones of Texas A&M AgriLife as she shares AgriLife's economic outlook for Texas Panhandle agriculture for 2024. But before we look ahead to next year, let's talk about this year. It's been a rough one for our row crop farmers. Jones says AgriLife economists had expected some softening in commodity prices this year, but not quite as steep as what has occurred. For grains, she says exports have been a big factor. You know, China is our number one importer of our crops. They have really kind of lost favor with America, partially because we've had a relatively strong dollar during certain times of the year. And when we have a strong dollar index here, that makes our goods more expensive for other countries to buy. And so they have shifted their purchases of exports from the U.S. more to Russia and Australia and some of the countries that are closer in proximity to them and that are also providing those goods cheaper. Now, switching from grains to cotton, Dee Dee Jones says cotton's price slump largely relates to a sluggish economy. We're not in a recession, but we are in a time of slow economic growth, not only for the U.S., but also in the rest of the world. And one thing that we have definitely noticed is when we're in a time of a recession or a slow economic growth, cotton is going to be the first demand that drops and it's going to drop the quickest and the fastest. And the reason for that is you don't eat cotton. Cotton is a discretionary type product. And so if you are suddenly things are a little bit tighter in the pocketbook, you're still going to eat. You're still going to buy grains. You're still going to buy corn. But you may not go out and buy those new clothes or those new home furnishings. That's Dee Dee Jones, risk management specialist with the AgriLife Regional Center in Amarillo. More from Jones tomorrow. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. This is supposed to be an El Nino winter. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest today is Kirk Hins. He is president of BAM Weather, and he's also a meteorologist uh, based in Indiana. He was in Texas recently talking to a group of cotton farmers, but uh, he uh, forecast the weather for all of agriculture. Kirk, certainly uh, farmers and ranchers in Texas have been looking for that El Nino. There has been a, an exceptional drought in 2023, and even prior to that, uh, what are the uh, forecasts looking like for the next few months? Yeah, and, and that's a great point in terms of that drought, and that was just, just a backtrack real quick. That's because of the three straight years of La Nina, which is a one-to-one correlation to Texas drought. It, it really is, especially the stronger ones. So the good news is when you have an equally strong El Nino, it brings equally strong moisture. So basically the opposite of that, we saw hints of that this past season. We're still dealing with a strong and strengthening El Nino, long story short. 
that is a great signal for Texas moisture, not just for one month or two months, I think a couple seasons at least, as we're going over the next three to six months. So that's from the panhandle of Texas, that's Western Texas, Central Texas, that's Texas. So we're already seeing that, which is great that it's just ahead of us and not weeks to months ahead of us. Definitely improving signal. So looking forward to the growing season of 2024, farmers and uh, ranchers when it comes to pasture land have uh, high hopes for uh, some good moisture and uh, a good start to the season? Yes. Yeah, I would confidently say that, and especially in comparison to the last two to three years. El Nino's in general, the next few months in general, definitely a good opportunity to get more work done just in general for anything that's reliant on moisture. Absolutely. More with meteorologist Kirk Hins from BAM Weather on our next program. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. East Texas could use another shot of rain. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. Pastures look really good across East Texas, but some rain is needed. It would help boost that growth of that winter grass just a little bit, and that's what most of our producers are looking for right now. Well, they've got the hay, but one it's a feast or famine deal. You've either got enough or you don't have any. And that's kind of the way it shook out because some folks started feeding a little earlier this year than normal as far as the hay is concerned. But it's going to pay in the end because all the producers that I talked to are really looking to 2024 and the markets at that time. Even though some may still need it, they can find it. It is available. All you got to do is just make the phone calls and then be able to go pick it up. Now, the beef cattle, the market is volatile right now. If you hit it on the right day at the sale barn, you'll really knock a home run. But you got to keep up with it. And I noticed that those people uh, that sell a little bit here every week, one every week, who, you know, whatever, how many you got to market, kind of even amount, you'll catch the highs and the low. We are in a cow-calf producing area here in East Texas, and when we look to the markets, we look to the wheat country to see how things are doing there. Talked to one producer that said, look, if the wheat area is getting rain as they have previously, if they keep getting it, if they have a good crop and everything comes off right there, that helps our market here in East Texas. One of the things you got to do is keep informed as to what is going on. One of the management tools that we have nowadays, and it is really used a lot naturally, is the Internet with the ag reports there. Your Texas Farm Bureau market reports every day are one of the methods that I always suggest that they listen to to find out what's going on daily. And if they keep up there, get their calving adjusted to where you can do some calves spring and winter. A lot of our producers have gone to a two-season calf. Some have gone to a year-round by not ever taking the bulls out. Just whatever you want to do right now, though, is one of those times of the year. Lay down your plan and get all that settled out. We're in December. Get all your cattle sold that you want to because you do understand that we'll be closing those markets for a couple of weeks, and we don't have but about two more weeks of good marketing time in our east texas area so keep all that in mind as you go about enjoying this beautiful weather this year the hunting season's still going so all that's well and good and hey we can have a good one we want you all to have a very merry christmas and the way to do that is to get your plans laid out now for that happy new year this is james Duncan from marshall texas for texas ag today the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is proposing additions to two national wildlife refuges in Texas. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And arthritis can become more of a problem as horses live longer. 
Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Arthritis can become more of a problem as horses live longer. Dr. Bob Judd looks at some ways to manage it. Dr. Nicola Jarvis and Dr. Karen Malinowski have developed some management, exercise, and veterinary interventions to help these horses. Unfortunately, there is no cure for arthritis in horses, so we have to manage the pain. These researchers indicate in the horse publication that exercise does help these horses, and if your horse is over 15 years of age, there is a 50% chance your horse has some arthritis. And the older the horse, the greater chance arthritis is present. However, if your horse is lame, it is important to get a diagnosis rather than assuming it is arthritis because there could be another issue involved. You don't want to exercise a horse that could have a fracture or a ligament strain. If arthritis is present, exercise helps to maintain muscle mass around the joint and stabilizes the joint. However, this exercise must be individual to each horse and should include warm-up and cool-down. Dr. Malinowski indicates that for a horse with arthritis, exercise on a hard road is unhelpful, whether shod or not, and should stay on areas with softer footing to decrease concussion. Also, limit exercise to flatter surfaces rather than up and down hills and avoid sharp turns and sudden stops as this increases stress on the joints. If you have the ability to do so, swimming your horse is great exercise as it prevents concussion. And realize that some of these horses cannot exercise regardless of the treatment when their arthritis gets to a certain point. Intraarticular medications can help, as can oral medication like phenylbutazone. Hoof care is important in these arthritic horses, and preventing them from being overweight can really decrease arthritic symptoms. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is proposing additions to two national wildlife refuges here in Texas. Jessica Domel has the story in today's Wildlife Report. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is now accepting comments on land protection plans for the Aransas National Wildlife Refuge and Big Boggy NWR in Texas. According to FWS, the plans establish acquisition boundaries within which FWS could preserve and protect wildlife habitat by purchasing conservation easements or fee title ownership from willing sellers. The plan would add up to 95,000 acres to the Aransas National Wildlife Refuge, which is currently more than 115,000 acres. The proposal would mean adding 55,000 acres to Big Boggy NWR. Big Boggy is currently 4,500 acres in Jackson and Matagorda counties. FWS says the planning area for both National Wildlife Refuges encompasses a portion of the Gulf Coast Prairies and Marshes ecoregion. They say the area has high-quality habitat for several species that are protected under the Endangered Species Act, including endangered whooping cranes. FWS's planning area includes part or all of the following counties, Aransas, Calhoun, 
Goliad, Jackson, Matagorda, Refirio, San Patricio, and Victoria. FWS is acquiring these lands or easements will enhance wildlife populations through habitat protection. The plan will focus on the following species, whooping cranes, mottled ducks, eastern black rail, Atwater's prairie chicken, and various wintering waterfowl. The public can review the plans and submit their comments through January 26th of 2024. A link to comment is available on fws.gov. That is fws.gov. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The agricultural markets were all closed on Monday for Christmas, so we'll take a look back at how things wrapped up on Friday. The cattle complex ended mixed Friday with live cattle lower, feeder cattle higher. December live cattle down 50 cents, 170.05. February down 15 at 168.52, while April live cattle were down 5 172.12. Feeder cattle seeing triple-digit gains. January feeders up $1.05, 222.75. March up $1.02, 224.40. With April feeders up $1.07, 229.52. Cash-fed cattle market very slow over the past week. We saw some sales earlier in the week up in the northern plains, but here in the southern plains, it was tough to come by. In fact, we didn't see anything until Friday afternoon. So here's how the prices shook out. Here in the southern plains, on Friday, we sold cattle at 171. That's a buck higher compared to last week. A few sales reported at 172, but mostly that 171 number sold the cattle. In the northern plains, they sold cattle on a live basis at 170 to 171. Dressed cattle, mostly 270 those prices one to three dollars higher boxed beef prices were mixed friday choice up a dollar 80 292.93 select down 12 cents at 261.15 now let's check the auction barns we're walking the pens with larry marble I'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and we're about to wish Klein Spear the same Klein had the last cattle sale here in South Texas on Thursday. They're at Southwest Livestock Exchange Uvalde. Klein, how was that pre-holiday sale? Went well today, Larry. We ended up right at 500 head. Uh, Packer cows and bulls, I thought, sold fully steady. Those calves and yearlings, I thought, sold steady as well. Uh, pretty good demand there on those kind of better quality calves. Still kind of some guys trying to finish up a few things for the year. Those Choice gears, $1.65 to $2.15, and those lightweights, $2.20 to $3.05. Choice heifers, $1.85 to $2.10, and those lightweights, $2.10 to $2.85. 
crossbred steers dollar sixty five to two hundred, and the lightweights dollar ninety to two fifty. Crossbred heifers dollar seventy to two hundred five. Those lightweights dollar seventy five to two forty. Stalker cows ninety to a dollar fifteen. Packer bulls ninety to a dollar twelve. Those breaker cows eighty eight to a dollar. Those cutters and canners seventy to eighty four, and those shelly cows thirty to fifty. Uh, didn't have any pairs this week. Had some bred cows nine hundred to fourteen hundred. So uh, got along pretty good here to close out the year. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you and when you'll be back to sell cattle and sheep and goats. Give us a call at the office, 830-278-5621, or my cell phone, 830-591-3241. We'll be back on January 4th with a cattle sale, and then our first goat sale will be there on the, uh, I believe that's the 11th, and uh, wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year in between. Same to y'all. We'll talk to you after the holiday. And neighbor, goodbye to you for this week. Hope you have a nice holiday week. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year from me, Larry Marble, and the good folks at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. Lean hogs finished higher on Friday. February hogs up 70 cents, 71.35. April up 62 at 77.57. Class 3 milk was mixed. Nearby December milk up a penny, 16.09 a hundredweight, while January milk was down a penny, 15.43 a hundred. Cotton market closed slightly higher to wrap up the trading week on Friday. A weaker dollar helped to support prices a bit. Also, a good-looking export sales report released on Thursday morning. Strong exports for the week. That helped out prices as well. March cotton up 63 points. Closing Friday at 79.76. May up 62 at 80.64. July cotton up 64 points, 81.07. Corn didn't see much action. A half penny higher on most of the nearby contracts. March corn up a half, 473 a bushel. May corn up a half, 485 and three quarters. The wheat complex mixed. Hard wheat was lower, soft wheat higher. March Kansas City wheat down three and three quarters, 623 a bushel. March Chicago wheat up three and three quarters. 616 and a quarter. In the energy markets, January natural gas was up three cents Friday, 261. February West Texas crude down 33 at 73.56 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Friday afternoon. The Dow down 18 points, 37,385. The NASDAQ up 29, 14,992. The SP up 7 at 4,754. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Terry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.